0: This is Dojo Live, tech without borders, stories that bring us together.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dojo Live, connecting tech experts like you. Uh, today, I'm going to introduce you to my co-host. Uh, we have Carlos Ponce, live in Mexico City. Hey, Say hi.
2: Hello. <laughs> hi, everyone.
1: And we also have Tulio Siragusa, who is live in LA, right, Tulio?
2: Yes, good afternoon, rainy Los
1: Angeles. <laughs> and my name is Priscilla Solis. I'm hosting live from the city of Chihuahua. And today we have a very special guest. We have Ravi N. Raj. He is the CEO and co founder of Passage AI. In this role, he leads a team of AI and deep learning engineers that have created the industry-leading AI platform that businesses can use to create a conversational interface for their websites. So, um, hi, Ravi. uh, Please, uh, before we get into the topic, would you like to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about Passage AI?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Firstly, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Passage AI. Uh, As you described, we're a conversational AI uh, company. Uh, Customers use our platform to build chatbots or conversational interfaces that can be deployed on their website, mobile apps, messaging platforms like Facebook Messenger and WeChat, or on uh, voice devices like uh, Amazon, Alexa, Google Home and so on. Uh, My background prior to Passage AI, I was uh, VP of product, at uh, Walmart and I came to Walmart through the acquisition of a company called Cosmix Um, and I was the VP and GM at Cosmix and we were acquired by Walmart in 2011 and I worked at uh, Walmart um, for uh, three and a half years. Prior to Walmart um, and Cosmix I was at Yahoo in search uh, and marketplace Uh, for about a year actually I was running product for Yahoo Travel Uh, back in the day, Uh, so that's my background in travel. Aside from being uh, a big travel enthusiast, uh, I joke that between my vacations, I'm planning the next vacation, so uh, so, so yeah, so I'm really passionate about travel.
1: That's great. Uh, Very nice to meet you, Ravi. So uh, today's topic, the topic that you chose is AI-powered customer experiences. Um, can you talk a little bit about, about this topic and why you chose it?
0: Uh, yes. Um, as you know, AI is changing the world, um, you know, from self-driving cars to drones that deliver packages to even things like recommendation systems, uh, things like, you know, cure for uh, diseases and drug discovery. Like AI is really changing uh, everything we do, everything we know about. Uh, so. Uh, you know, uh, so that is really something that's um, transforming the world. Uh, specifically in the area of travel and hospitality, uh, we're seeing a number of applications of AI that uh, is going to change uh, and improve the experience of travelers worldwide. Uh, you know, it started with recommendation systems uh, that was pioneered by you know companies like Amazon and Netflix. Uh, also in travel, right? Uh, you go to a hotel page and uh, it has on the right rail typically other similar hotels, right? That's all powered by machine learning, which is AI in you know in some form. So in that sense, AI has been around for a while. But now you have much more um, you know practical applications, much more real world applications in addition to the recommendation systems I mentioned, and we're seeing a fairly strong demand uh not just for our platform but for uh, ai in general great i
2: have, well, I don't know what that is in the background there's some bomb chiming in <laughs> I don't know what that is <laughs> sounds like a christmas future train um yeah. <laughs> the orient express is coming okay so uh, I'm, I'm very curious about what gave birth to this idea, right? I mean, you're one of the co founders. Like, you guys were sitting around and, like, man, I really, we need this. What, what gave birth to this idea? How did this come about?
0: Um, so, actually, all three of us co founders, myself, my co founders, Madhu, Matihali, and Mithul Tiwari, we all used to work at Cosmics. Uh, so, we've known each other for a number of years uh we still talk to each other which is a good thing <laughs> so you know we have a lot of respect and um you know admiration for each other's talents i bring product and business um my co-founder Mithul brings you know ai and machine learning and my other co-founder madhu brings also machine learning and uh you know full stack engineering to the table so we had what we felt were all three components You needed to run a tech company. So this was back in 2016. So the same year, coincidentally, uh, a number of messaging platforms started opening up. uh, So you could create the equivalent of apps for these platforms. Facebook Messenger opened up in uh, April 2016. You know, um, uh, Skype opened up. Telegram opened up. WeChat has been around for uh, quite a number of years. They were the ones who pioneered chatbots, um, and uh, so messaging platforms opened up. Um, at this, the same year, we felt that AI had come of age. You know, AI, as I mentioned, has been around for a long time. Um, a lot of it has been sort of in the academic world, you know, um, and sort of in science fiction world, right? Uh, Uh, you know, with the robots and uh, artificial intelligence, but uh, we didn't see a robot come home and do your dishes, right? So there were no real practical applications of AI, but we felt in 2016, you know, uh, applications, as I mentioned, you know, self-driving cars, drones that deliver packages and all that, they were starting to become not uh, not just science fiction, but a reality. So that was the second trend that happened. The third was, you know, the prior year Amazon launched a product called Amazon Echo, and that was, if I'm not mistaken, the best-selling gadget, um, you know, in 2015. It was flying off the shelves, and soon after, Microsoft launched uh, Cortana. Google had Google Assistant, uh, and so on. Right. So all these devices in your home, you know, call it IoT, call it smart uh, smart devices. Um, you know, they all had uh, voice capabilities, they could understand uh, what you said, they could respond back um, to questions like, you know, what's the weather like today? You know, what's the stock price of this uh, particular company, things like that, right? So, and at that time, it was a little bit of a novelty when you had, you know, uh, talking to your speaker, but now it's become pretty mainstream, right? Samsung, for example, has put Bixby, which is their uh, voice AI assistant. It's in pretty much every gadget, every device in your home. So you could literally be talking to your washing machine or your uh, range, right? It's actually now a reality and do some really useful things. You could turn off the stove by just talking to it uh, very soon. Um, so, so that was the third kind of trend that happened, you know, voice being everywhere, certainly cars, you know, voice is the future. Seven of the largest automakers in the world, um, you know, there are customers. Uh, they're looking at many different applications to bring inside the car. Uh, the most obvious thing being that if you're driving, uh, you shouldn't be texting, you shouldn't be, uh, you know, using your phone. A much more intuitive, safer, and legal uh, mechanism is voice. So if you could just talk to your car, and say you know where's the nearest uh, Walmart, for example, and the car could tell you you know uh, turn by turn it could give you directions to uh, the nearby Walmart. So so those three things coming together again um, you know AI being mainstream and having real world applications you know messaging platforms opening up and there being uh, you know over three billion users using messaging platforms. And then these voice assistants and devices and smart speakers, you know, in, in your living room and in your home, now being able to understand natural language.
2: Okay, so uh, it's, it's pretty cool, actually, when you think about it. Uh, there's been some recent studies where everybody's sort of living online and no one's talking to each other so at least you can talk to the machines in your home <laughs> no all mm-hmm. <old> joking aside <laughs> uh, there's a lot of players right i mean foresters call these big waves or the top 10 ai waves. one of them is decision engine and also bots. what differentiates passage ai what's unique about you that that will stand out why should customers care about what you're doing
0: uh that's a great question so um so we're in the conversational ai space for natural language understanding and processing is really important and it all starts with accuracy uh, we have what we consider uh is the leading accuracy in the industry in terms of uh, understanding natural language and responding in a relevant manner so our bots, once they're fully trained, they perform at 95% or higher accuracy. Again, that's the uh, the leading metric, um, you know, in our space. Um, the second thing is that we understand over 100 languages. We've built language models for all major languages. Um, as you know, you know the world is flat. Uh, every company, um, you know, uh, has a global presence. Uh, in fact, many of the companies we talk to here in the U.S. Uh, are really interested in launching, you know, worldwide um, in you know uh, languages like uh, Mandarin Chinese, uh, Japanese, German, Spanish, uh, Italian, uh, you know, uh, Portuguese, uh, Brazilian Portuguese. So all these variations and different languages, they want to be able to launch their bot, right? Um, So uh, that is a huge differentiator for us. That is something we emphasize with our customers. We prove with our accuracy in these languages. Um, So that is something, to our knowledge, very few companies do uh, in terms of understanding natural language in multiple languages. Uh, The third is um, we offer all three things you need to build a chatbot in one platform, bot building, bot training, bot deployment. So you build the bot in our console in a UI driven manner. There's no coding required. Uh, It's all drag and drop and UI driven. You build it, then you can train it using our console. You can upload training data like your chat logs, uh, your customer service logs, you can upload them and you can train the models and you can actually see the accuracy. We report the accuracy in our console. So as you provide more and more training data, you can start to see the accuracy start to improve and get to the level I mentioned. Uh, the third is, you know, once it's built and uh, trained, uh, we can deploy it in over 25 platforms, all the ones I mentioned, messaging platforms, voice assistants, um, and also your website. It's a few lines of JavaScript you add to your website, uh, and you can turn your website into a conversational uh, interface. So, those are the main differentiators in terms of, again, uh, the accuracy, multi language, native support, and uh, simplicity of building a bot uh, like a one stop solution for building it with bot building, bot training, and bot deployment.
2: That's amazing. So, I don't have to be a developer to essentially deploy one of your bots. And- when you're uploading the data, is it using Lingua Franca in terms of how you train them, or or do you have, or is it uh, do I have to again code that?
0: No, not at all. Actually, that that is a huge uh, differentiator for us. As you correctly pointed out, you do not have to be a developer to uh, build, a, a train, and launch a bot. It's all UI driven. Uh, when we work with a customer, uh, let's say a travel site, uh, we tend to form a partnership with them. This is, it's not a customer vendor relationship. It's more of a partnership. They bring their knowledge of their business and their industry. We bring our expertise in AI and machine learning. So together we form a partnership and uh, they understand their domain. They use our console, our capabilities to build it, and they don't have to write a single line of code.
2: Right. Speaking of travel industry, you know, as a company here in Nearsoft, Interestingly enough, half of our client, half of our business is all travel tech related. Uh, Mm -hmm. In the past 12 years, we just amassed a bunch of travel tech companies. It just kind of happened with uh, clients taking us with them wherever they move. So how does this uh, apply in, for example, for an OTA? How does this add value? Can you give us some examples of where that's worked really well and some key metrics that, that you've been able to improve by them deploying this?
0: Yeah, absolutely. For OTA specifically, it makes it much more frictionless if you have a conversational interface, right? Especially one that's personalized. Uh, if you take the example of a business traveler, um, they're not going to spend a whole lot of time on planning a visit, right? It's more functional. They have to get to a certain place. They have to stay in a certain um, you know, hotel uh, and maybe they need to rent a car or whatever it might be right? For them, uh, it's much more frictionless if they were sitting in their living rooms and talking to Alexa and telling Alexa, you know, I need to fly to Seattle tomorrow, come back on Friday, and uh, I want to rent a car, and I want to stay in downtown. Then Alexa could give you some recommendations. Here are some flights that leave in the morning, and maybe um, the system knows that, you know, you prefer uh, JetBlue. So, because you have frequent flyer miles on JetBlue, so the bot can respond back saying JetBlue has uh, these flights tomorrow. Uh, you know, one leaving at uh, 8 a.m., other one leaving at 10 a.m., and then you say, "Okay, book me the flight uh, that leaves at 8 a.m." And then, okay, return flights. Uh, you get some options. You pick one, and then likewise with hotels, and then renting a car. It's just much more frictionless. You' you know you might have been watching TV the whole time and you've booked uh, your business travel, right? And it's uh, not just business travel, it's even consumers. Um, consumers you know don't obviously take as many vacations and trips uh, as business travelers do. So they tend to planning a trip. so they might be more interested in deals and offers. Uh, a messaging platform is a great way to get deals and offers. Uh, especially, again, one that's personalized for you. So you could tell your bot, uh, you know, I want to travel to Cancun uh, uh, during this uh, spring break. Um, I'm going to go with uh, my wife and two kids. Uh, you know, they are uh, 16 and 18, for example. And, um, you know, uh, can you recommend the right deals and uh, places to stay? And uh, And then the bot could be, uh, giving you deals and offers and suggestions. You know, here are some really good places uh, to stay, some really good activities for your kids to do. Um, and then you could be having a conversation with a bot. You don't have to book it right then. Um, and then later when you find the right deal, uh, the right activity, you can say, that's a great activity. Why don't you book that? Uh, and even if you don't, if you're not comfortable with using a bot to, to book it, um, you found the deal or you found the, you know the place you want to stay, and you could go online and uh, and book that uh, the that, you know that deal or or uh, hotel. So even for consumer travelers, it's you know it's much more um, you know frictionless, intuitive, and uh, easy to use uh, when they interact with a bot to plan their trips. So OTAs, yeah, definitely, we're starting to see real good traction with uh, OTAs in terms of. Embracing conversational interfaces and bringing it to their customers.
2: Great. I have one more question, but before we do that, I think we need to open this up to the audience. Uh, Carlos, or you want to let the audience yeah. know how they can participate?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, there's a. Let me tell you something. Uh, we recently we have had a number, a good number of AI related interviews, and we have an increasing number of AI enthusiasts internally at Microsoft. And one of them um, is actually, he's a newcomer to the company, Ruben Araiza. He's the front-end guy for, especially for Dojo Live. Now, Ruben is asking me this question on Slack. This question is for uh, for you, for for, uh, of course, for our guest, for you, Robbie. And he's asking this, why should software companies prepare for human level AI technology now rather than decades down the line when it's closer I think that's an interesting question
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah that's a great question um, yes AI is not at the level of uh, humans you know AI clearly uh, does not have intuition uh, someday it might uh, humans have intuition humans have creativity uh, you know humans have emotions things like that right um, AI right now, can do a lot of things that can be automated, things that are repetitive in nature. You know, driving a car, for example. You know, that lends itself to you know being automated using AI. You know, because the you know there is a clear sort of methodology to it. Um, so the reason why companies should plan for AI now is because already AI is powering a number of functions. So uh, so you know they should leverage AI to automate functions, uh, lower costs, improve productivity, uh, and make uh, humans more creative because the time is freed up from repetitive tasks. Um, In terms of why they should plan now for AI being as good as humans, firstly, I don't know if AI will ever be as good as humans. Some of the skills I mentioned, like intuition and creativity, um I don't know if uh, AI will get you there but but if you plan now, uh, if it happens sooner than later, let's say it happens you know uh, two years from now, given how fast technology is advancing, given how quickly you know um, techniques are uh, emerging for deep learning and AI, uh, it could well happen sooner than two three years. not everything that a human does, but a lot of the things could be automated, Again, to improve humans and their lives. Uh, this is not to replace humans. It is just like the industrial revolution. It made the world a better place by automating things that you know factory workers were doing manually. Right? It en- ended up making their lives uh, much better. So, likewise, uh, this is kind of the next you know industrial revolution, if you will, the AI revolution. It's going to um, free up. Uh, you know the time of uh, you know live agents, humans, employees, so they can add a lot more value to to their enterprises and to you know to themselves.
1: And now that you mentioned this, uh, are there humans behind the scenes uh, with your platform for the lower accuracy areas?
0: Uh, so one thing we do in our platform is when the bot does not understand what the user is saying uh the bot seamlessly hands off to a live agent and we've done integrations with a number of live agent platforms um salesforce live agent oracle uh live person you know zendesk and so on right so when the bot does not understand it hands off to a live agent um or the customer can say you know let me talk to a live agent if they're not comfortable talking to a bot we make it easy for them to just talk to a live agent if they want to you know be on hold for 15 minutes or 10 hours to talk to a live agent when they become available, you know, we completely want them to have the choice. Uh, So those are ways the bot, you know, interacts and, you know, works with humans or live agents to provide the right service, the best customer experience uh, for end users.
2: Okay, so I have to ask this question because it's, to me, it's interesting. A lot of these chatbots, which is uh, ultimately, About enhancing the customer experience, right? Uh, Would you consider that this could also be the next evolution in the user experience, right? There, uh, let's go back 20 years, right? You used to call an 800 number to make a reservation, talk to someone. We didn't have online, we didn't have apps. That is, it was a very personable, one one one-on-one kind of thing. And good or bad, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. That's how it worked. (laughs) Then we move to self-service right we figured out how to make everyone employees of the company by providing online capabilities where the service is always consistent because you're providing it to yourself and now we're introducing the concept of the hybrid right which is basically a semi human kind of interface where it's voice, so it's going back to what we were doing but there's the user experience and the benefit of still being a self-service experience online is it ultimately i mean is is the user interface ultimately just going to disappear and be replaced by voice is that a possibility is that what's going to happen and what are what is your thought on that as a company
0: yeah so someone told me uh, that you know voice is the most intuitive and frictionless interaction paradigm so exactly like you said before the internet you had to go to a travel agent you know and then maybe several times uh, you know, uh, tell the agent where you plan to go, what you, you know, uh, plan to do, things like that. And you get recommendations and then you, uh, you know, you make a decision, you know, book your flights and and uh, and so on. Then um, the internet came along. You don't have to go to an agent. You could go to multiple sites, check out different options, uh, make your booking, get your boarding pass on, you know, um uh, by email, which you could print. Uh, so much more frictionless. Then you know, mobile came along, which made it even more frictionless. Uh, you could be at the dentist, you know, suddenly planning your next vacation or your business travel, just right there on your phone, which is always with you. Again, the reduction in friction, you, know, you don't have to go find a desktop or a laptop and plan your trip. Now, you know, you have voice assistants everywhere. Uh, as I mentioned, literally, uh, it's we're not there yet. You could be talking to your washing machine and planning your trip while you're doing <laughs> while you're washing your clothes, right? So it's just much more, uh, you know, like reduced friction, much more intuitive. As I mentioned, you know, voice is the most intuitive, easy to use interaction model. Uh, you know, on a website, you have to find where a particular feature is. Let's say, you know, you want to uh, book uh, three rooms in a hotel, you go enter dates, you know, and then find the hotel uh, and then see if it's the right price and so on, right? Much more intuitive to say, you know, I want to stay at the Wynn uh, Hotel in Vegas from, you know, Friday through Monday and, and watch that show, right? So just much more intuitive because that's how human beings converse. But now there's technology behind it. That allows that interaction model, which is voice or chat, uh, you know, uh, to be able to, uh, you know, to use that to service your needs.
2: Amazing. So um, we're almost coming up on time. It always happens like that when it gets really interesting. I'd like to shift gear a little bit um, and talk a little bit about sort of your culture as a company. Uh, uh, to you? Yeah. So, sorry. Sorry.
3: Yeah, we have another question, actually. Perfect. And the, actually, it's uh it seems like our we're getting our guys enthused about the whole AI thing, I guess. And okay, so here's the question. And okay, and the question is coming from actually from another Ruben, who happens to be uh the first Ruben's son. <laughs> we we got the two Rubens working at the company. Uh, <laughs> uh, how odd is that? Okay. Well, the younger Ruben. Uh, Ruben, at I say is he's asking, what is the best way to get data ripe for AI interpretation to best optimize the travel experience?
0: Uh, so in terms of getting the best data to train the models, it's really important for the data to be accurate, to be of high quality. Uh, because the data is not accurate, uh, you're going to get you know, bad algorithms, bad AI, bad recommendations. So it's really important to spend that extra effort to make sure the data you use to train the machine learning models, uh, the AI models, are of high quality. Uh, they are labeled uh, and accurate, and then you use that to um, to uh, to train the models. So, uh, so I would invest the time a lot. If it's in our space, which is conversational, uh, do you have prior logs of customers calling in and getting responses? Do you have prior logs of people searching for things and uh, you know finding what they wanted? You can use all that to train uh, the conversational AI models and uh, create the best uh, chatbot experience.
2: Speaking of that, Ravi, are you using like existing stacks, like the Berkeley stack, or you've created your own algorithm stack for this platform? Uh,
0: So there are all these frameworks uh, that have been open sourced. Uh, Google TensorFlow is one, Stanford NLP is another. Uh, So these things have tremendous momentum behind them. You know, as I mentioned, they're open source. So a lot of You know, machine learning engineers from across the world, they've taken these frameworks and they've enhanced them, they've pre trained them, and, uh, you know, things of that nature, right, for different use cases. So, um, you know, uh, rebuilding those frameworks would not make sense, especially for a startup. So, we use things like Google TensorFlow. uh, The values in building models uh, using those frameworks, and more importantly, to train those models with public data and customers' own data and creating the right experience. So we go really deep into use cases. We try to understand the customer's pain point and we provide a solution that's driven by AI uh, using the models we've built on top of these um, AI frameworks.
2: Yeah, that's pretty cool. We actually had the chief evangelist of Google as a guest back in the spring and in an offline conversation discovered Google has like an island an island in Singapore, a bunch of AI researchers. So it's pretty amazing the investment they're making in that space. So I'm not surprised you're using that. Um, we're almost, we're pretty much up on time. I have a question about your culture, right? Because I would have to assume this kind of technology requires tremendous curiosity, right? So tell us a little bit, you know, what are some of the guiding principles you have as a company? How are you attracting those kinds of people that are adding value? Share with us a little bit of that if you could.
0: Uh, so, if there's one thing about the culture I'd like to emphasize, is that the customer is always right. Uh, so, we have to, uh, at the end of the day, make our customers happy and satisfied and delighted. So, that is, if there's one thing again I could point out, is how we want to build and grow this company. Uh, if the customer is satisfied, generally good things happen you know, if you're a consumer company, you make your consumers happy um, by building really great products that solve their, you know, problems. If you're an enterprise software company like us, you make your enterprise customers happy by making their end customers happy. Uh, so that is uh, probably the main uh, point of view for us from a culture standpoint.
2: You can never go wrong by being customer centric. I appreciate the time you've given us. Um, uh, do I have time for one final question, Carlos? First, I, I think we're running out of time.
3: Yeah, we're well, yeah, I mean, we, I guess we can stretch a little bit. So, yeah, go go cool. right ahead.
2: So, so one question we always ask our guests towards the end, especially co-founders and founders. I mean, what's this journey been like for you? Any words of wisdom and anyone who's sitting on the fence working for a big company like Walmart or others thinking like, man, I got an idea, you know, any words of wisdom you want to share with them on? what they should do?
0: Um, I I think it is, um, you know, persistence is really important. Um, I mean, if you have an idea, uh, you know, it shouldn't be driven by what technology can do, but what, you know, uh, what problem you're trying to solve for the customer, and how can you solve it using technology. So uh, that is one thing that I myself have heard, uh, you know, learned the hard way. Uh, not to be technology-driven, but by being driven by solving real-world problems, solving the pain points of your customers. So if there's one thing you know, uh, I'd like to say in terms of you know, uh, running a successful company, uh, going back to the point of view of being customer-centric, is are you solving right problems in, a, in the right manner uh, using the right technology?
2: great words of advice. Chris, back to you.
1: Well, thank you, Ravi, for your time. Uh, We really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for introducing us to Passage AI and its culture as well. Uh, Thank you, everyone, as well, for tuning in. And we'll see you on another episode of Dojo Live, connecting tech experts like you.
3: Actually, we have a double whammy next week. We have two Another uh, to uh, Monday, we have one, and on Wednesday we have another one. We still don't have the topics yet, but it, the only thing we know is that we it's we're going to be speaking with Matthew Bellows, the founder of Yesware, and KP 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 Naidu, senior uh, vice president of engineering and CTO at Amava. Uh, he's a former Sun Microsystems uh, uh, engineer, so that should be interesting as well. Again, when we have the topics, they'll be up there on the website. And Dojo Live website, which is dojo.nirsoft.com, and uh, th- well, thank you for for allowing me to do do this little this little announcement for next week, and that's Great. all I have, Chris. So thank you to thank you Priscilla, and of course our guest, thank you Robbie, for having been with us here today on Dojo Live. Thank you everyone, and see you next time.
1: Check out past episodes, transcripts, blogs, and more on our website, dojo.nearsoft.com.